When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm in a really amazing studio. I know this is like this is a podcast I could have done at home, but this studio is like you could mix albums in here. I know we should. We could, you know, we could. I've got my garage so, band up. <laughs> we like we could actually make music if we wanted to. Look, I mean, I've got it's all going on here. Yeah. You know, I've got the drum kit. I've got it all. Yeah. You know. Oh, there you go. Are you a drummer? So, yeah, well, I'm more of a guitar player. I'm a multi instrumentalist. Oh, well, let me show you the Neve console. This is what we've got. Oh my what? god! This is like Jesus proper Beatles. Wept. Rolling Stones yeah, okay. level. That's the yeah. full 1-0, yeah. that, isn't it? Okay. That's even even better than Garage Band. You got it. The festival. Here we go. There's really nothing quite like it. How are you guys doing? When you pick the right acts to see, it's musical nirvana. So if given the power of the festival gods to have absolutely any act you desire, alive or not, playing in that perfect spot at the perfect moment, who would you choose? MC5. Oh, yeah. And Stidgers. Detroit Supernova. I just imagine this is the perfect one. It's going to be Burt Bacharach <gasps> and Friends. I was like, yes! Such an anthem for yes! that, isn't it? If you're wearing a coat, you got to take that coat off, baby, <laughs> and get it wet up. Behold, the greatest day of our lives. Ah, yeah, let's go! Welcome to the lineup, you beautiful spirit of Eden. We want to be free. Is I'm that like, the yep. terminology now that we've got to get on board dump with? Truck. A dump truck. I'm writing that down as a dump truck. Fuck knows what yeah, mine is. Donkey or yeah. something. <laughs> Today is where your book begins. The rest is unwritten. Never <laughs> never have truer words been expressed because I, I am trying to write a book and I'm behind schedule. You'd Are be you? unsurprised to find out. I am. Thankfully, though, my guest today is much better organised. She's part of a naughty pop history with tracks like These Words, Pocket Full of Sunshine and Unwritten, a song that has been streamed, thank you, more than half a billion times. Wow. It's recently become a TikTok phenomenon thanks mm-hmm. to a remix and a natty dance routine. She's got a new single out called Adorable. If you're a fan of the Masked Singer USA, she was unmasked in the most recent series as a pepper. Mm-hmm. It was very surreal. Yep. She's in Los Angeles, which is annoying. From where we welcome Natasha Bedingfield. Hello. <laughs> that was a great, that's probably the best intro I've ever heard. <laughs> well, that's what we aim to do. You know, we aim to soften them up uh, with a great introduction and then just hit hard. Mm. We don't, we don't do that. Just for the listener to just to sort of fill in the gaps here, you are in a very opulent looking studio. And uh, so is that a music studio? Are you recording yeah. music at the moment or what's going well, on? Well, I'm in LA. Um, I love your podcast and want to be on here. And then I'm like, I, oh, I've, I've done a few Zooms at home and been like, you know, you just never know. I, it's much better to actually go to work and actually be in a place, you know, than yeah. kind of like people walking into your room or I don't know. So I I'm, I'm in, I, I call my friend and it's, it's Apogee Studios. They make these amazing uh, music thing that everyone who's in music knows about them. Like this mic that I'm using is, is it's like the tiniest little mic. I mean, yeah. I say you sound very sonorous. You've, you've got the full range sonorous. of highs and lows. Oh, oh this could very be an sonorous. advert for them, really. Um, but like they're, but they're, but they're really family. The, um, the people who own it, they're family friends. And like, I've known them for like 20 years and 
Um, so, mm, yeah, really it was just, beautiful. It's just a fun place to go and work. You're, you are the second interview in two days that I've done, Natasha, right? Where the interviewee is in Los Angeles. It's, it's actually really? quite upsetting to me. Why? Well, because I want to be in Los Angeles. I don't want to be in Dolly's Hill. All, all praise to Dolly's Hill, one of the great boroughs of Northwest London. But it's not quite the same. Mm. Um, tell me the smog's bad today or the traffic or something. It's actually give me, give really me a... raining very hard and, and yes. there's trees falling over. There's a flood, oh, there's a flood warning. Um, yeah, so we we booked a hotel right on the beach. And we're like, the ocean, it's amazing. Because we've been in England recently. And, and we're like, yes, we love the ocean because it was really sunny the day we arrived. And then it's just been raining the whole time. Pelting. Typical. So you're not even saying that to make me feel better. It has been pelting it's down been pelting, that's, yeah. that's unusual. Yeah. And I must quickly say as well, because you, you, we've got something else in common. We've both written a Christmas song. <laughs> so you're writing uh, you, a book you, and a Christmas a, song. Listen, I am... Um, I'm a polymath. That's what I am. You're Polly. I'm Polly. I'm absolutely Polly. Is a polymouth? <laughs> is a polymouth someone who? Oh, that's good. I like polymouth. polymouth. That could be your book title. I'm good at that's titles. Excellent. Um, is a poly? That's is really it polymuth? Polymuth. Polymath. Math. Which apparently, me. I mean, obviously, I'm being ironic. Polymath is good okay. though. Polymath. Is that someone who's multi-talented? Is that what that that's means? That's right. Some, yeah. Somebody who who can who lend themselves to all kinds of different disciplines, yeah. essentially. Which and that's why I said it with a, a tongue in, firmly in cheek. But polymouth is like a that. great. Yeah, I'm having that. Thank you very much. Do it. Much. Do it. No, the lineup is essentially it's a fictional festival. It's set. You don't have to worry about planning, like curating a whole weekend. It's just the arc of a day from the first thing in the morning. It can go as late as you like. Five acts, living or dead. But we have to place it somewhere. Speaking of geography, so where would this ideal? Uh, Shangri-La style festival be in the world feels kind of stressful to organise a festival <laughs> I don't want to I, I, after having done quite a few of these now there's no fucking I mean, way I'd do it in real life yeah, you know? yeah. no way well okay so um, I was thinking if, it, if where is it going to be I think it would be really fun to do a festival in a little village called Avesbury which is mm. um, near Stonehenge but it has the henge is around the whole town Wow. So it has stones. What do you mean like the, sto- the, the stone circle as it were? Yeah. It circles the whole yeah. sort of village encampment. Yeah, and it's, it feels like the veil is thin. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think it would be a really spiritual place to do a good festival. Like, yeah. like you'd, you feel like it's easier to believe in fairies and to believe in yeah. um, energy and, and that kind of thing. You know, if you had crystals, they'd be singing a little bit. Yeah. Like, what, do you call it a vortex? I think that's what they call it, a vortex. Mm. Yeah. It's funny, again, the second person in two days I've t- spoken to in Los Angeles, it was, uh, you could knock on his door probably, it's Andrew, Andrew Garfield it was, who we talked to yesterday, the actor. But he was, t- we were talking about Ley Lines and uh, Ley he Lines. was on the cusp of mm. positioning his fictional festival uh, in Pilton or Glastonbury. So mm. something oh. going on here, isn't there? I mean, I just do think of festivals, they are a little bit spiritual, aren't they? And there's the... Yeah. There's the, all those, I mean, they can be life-changing. They, they also can be totally not spiritual too. <laughs> like the opposite, like hedonist, like whatever you call it. Like yeah. just all... Uh, well, they can be quite corporate yeah. and they can be quite beery, corporate. can't they? And they can be yeah, quite... Yeah, beery. You know I mean? Did you say beery? Beery, yeah. They can be quite beery like and quite beer? leery. <laughs> lots of beer, lots of... Coke's coming on in five minutes. Nothing wrong with the kooks. Um, but yeah, but you're right. The, the, the spiritual elements always, it's a lovely way to do it. So I like this. Avesbury is where we're going to put it. We're going to put it on a ley line. 
we're going to be getting extraordinarily onto the next plane. Yes. And what what should we call it? I mean, you've got you you've you've given me my book title. I want to call it Lit Festival. I like that as a right. as that. a name. Because that came up off mic. And yeah, it just, lit. It seems like. Lit. And do you mean that in yeah. the in the traditional American sense of let's get lit, as in let's you can get drunk. you can get lit either way. <laughs> it's all the ways to get lit. <laughs> Other ways you can take it any which way you like. Yeah. <laughs> like music, like really. I mean, yeah, it can be both all things. I'd written down the bed in field festival, which but then it would have necessitated wah, wah. lots of beds <laughs> in the field, and then it would have been a bit, you know, there'd be mud. That'd all be over fun, the actually. Days. <laughs> it would be quite comfortable. One I big bed, and we could all sleep on it. Oh wow! Imagine. Yeah. Um, anything's possible in this fictional festival, but no. So we've got the title lit festival. There we are in a field in Avesbury, and it's uh, not I- to be confused with clipped festival. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting a C before that in brackets. Maybe there's a there's a spin-off there, isn't there? I think there's a spin-off. <laughs> I think there's definitely going to be a spin-off there. So we, we might what we might do is we might do actually clip festival would be really fun. Well, we might have to we might for me. we might have to try and find five acts for the clip festival as well while we're going along. But let's see. Isn't that the fun thing about um, podcasts? Like if it was radio, you couldn't really you can't swear, but podcasts you can, right? You fucking can. You fucking can. You totally fucking can. <laughs> I know it's one of the great uh, liberations. Yeah, and I I might do it again. I'm not entirely sure, but it is one of the one of the great liberations actually, not having to watch yeah. your tongue, you know. Yeah. But it's funny. I did, like for the first 25 years of my life, I don't think I ever swore in front of my parents. It's it's quite wow. an easy switch, I find. You know. Wow. But let's just see how this goes today. I, I might start getting very effy and Jeffy. Check one. Testing. Is everybody ready yet? Yeah? We good? Let the day begin. We should move to the dawn chorus, right? So it, let me just let me just paint the picture for you. There we are in the veil. We're in, you know, it's the veil. it's 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 absolutely it's textbook beautiful. Uh, there's dew on the grass. Uh, it's a gorgeous uh, summer's morning. The birds are in the trees, and uh, we're, we're about to embark on this fictional festival. Mm-hmm. First of all. What are we going to eat? We need to fuel ourselves, Natasha. Because mm. I want to ask you a little bit about Los Angeles life. There's a cliche there, isn't there? You have to be clean living. You know, you have to to survive in Los Angeles. You can't be rolling out the bar pissed too often. You can't be, you know, shoving dirty burgers down your face on, on, the, on the sidewalk. Is there an element of truth to that? Is it easier to be clean living in Los mm. Angeles? I, don't, I think there's everything here. But what I've noticed here is that it feels like the religion in Los Angeles is health. Mm, that's good. But you could be totally a junkie. Like you could totally be on drugs and then have a really healthy kind of, you could be up all night on drugs and then uh, or whatever. <laughs> and then um, the next day you have like a, an infusion, you know, like a, a what do you call it? When, uh, yeah. An intravenous infusion. And then, uh, you know, have a detox yeah. the next day and B12. Shots and whatever you know. I could do, and that. then do yoga, and then go and have a smoke. You know, I mean, it's just. I think that it's a bit of a roller coaster yeah. out here, like the rock and roll kind of thing. You can write yourself with the right lifestyle, I suppose, can't you? Yeah, but it's it is a bit of a you know it's a cliche to say it, but but what about you? What how are we starting carbohydrate or otherwise this festival at Odyssey? I think you're right that car- carbs is the way to go at the beginning of the day. 
Yeah. Sticks to the bones. I think, um, <laughs> I think have a good breakfast. <laughs> nice big breakfast. What could we have? Well, we're in England. So should we, what should we have? Should we have a full English? A chip, a chip butter. Wow, you know what? It's, um, it's, 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 it's interesting. Nadine Shah, when she uh, plotted hers, she started with pizza. No, uh, pizza. Yeah, a breakfast pizza. I, I didn't challenge her on it because I thought, I mean, I could eat pizza at any time of the day. But also, not. like breakfast burritos would be really good because it's kind of COVID safe too. Because yeah. you can put a wrapper around it like and it. hand it out, and it doesn't really have any kind of. Because we still kind of have to keep that in mind, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we do. We do. So I like yeah. that. Okay, that's a little. So that's say, that's say more burrito, convenient. Breakfast burrito. A breakfast burrito yeah. that fuels us. Yeah. Um, let's lay on the couch for a minute. Let's get a bit shrinky for a moment. Take us back. You can put shrinky. some. You can put some wobbly music in the background here if you want. To your childhood musical influences, right? Because you, you're one of four kids, aren't you? Yes. Um, yeah, I'm the uh, oldest daughter. And um, yeah. we know about Daniel and his musical successes and stuff. We, we, sibling rivalry. Did that help propel you at an early age? Does it, was that something that did that sort of put a bit of fire in your belly to to get where you got? Well, my brother was insanely talented from from day one. So he was like Michael Jackson level talented as a kid, and he used to have like talent spotters and stuff trying to <laughs> trying to get him to I don't know be a child, start to be the net, be the really? Justin Bieber or something, but. Um, I think for me, like, it's not really sibling rival. It's more like he taught me everything I know. And uh, he was my older brother. And I mean, there were some funny moments where he's um, he's telling the whole house. He's like yelling at the house and telling us to shut up and be quiet while he records something because he learned how to, <laughs> how to make his own music and stuff. Or um, Yeah, I mean, he was definitely the dominant one. But, um, because you were in a band together, yeah. weren't you? With, with, was that with your sister as well, with Nicola? The, the DNA yeah. algorithm, is that right? yeah. So my um, my parents were motivational speakers and they'd have us sing at their stuff. And so we, it wasn't like official band or anything, but we would, we would, um, God, we would sing. they were motivational yeah. speakers. Yeah. Was that, is that yeah. something that you... Christian motivational speakers, yeah. And did that yeah. sort of, did that positively influence you? Did that give you a sort of a way of dealing with reality to sort of propel you on in, in a more successful way, do you think? Well, look, I mean, I, there's nothing about my childhood that was normal because we were homeschooled. So, I mean, we're immigrants, yeah. we immigrated to England from America and then they homeschooled us. So, um, I mean, now everyone, everyone's been homeschooling yeah. in the last couple of years, but we, um, that I think uh, probably gave us the, the biggest, um, made us feel at least quite different from the start, yeah. you know, but not afraid to be different because, you know, we could talk to adults. We learned how to study you know yeah yeah so we weren't like we just weren't in the system so so then when it comes to being um a singer in the pop system that it just kind of gives you a little a little bit of a head start because you're kind of like well i'm not really also we didn't listen to radio can you believe that really you because you kind of weren't allowed or because you weren't allowed yeah so what what, what? so we were it was so it's like if you were brought, brought up in a vacuum you end up being creative you end up creating this stuff yourself wow so what about yeah. musical influences then? If you weren't listening to the radio, what were you allowed to listen to? So I, I started listening to Michael Jackson when I was 19 or 20. Wow. So you were a late, you yeah. were a late adopter of all that yeah. business. But we would listen to records and stuff. We just didn't listen to radio or watch like, like, I don't know. It's just, it's a very unusual yeah. upbringing. And I used to be a little bit embarrassed about it, but kind of, I definitely realized that really contributed to a lot to kind of how unusual I am yeah. as, a, as an adult. Also, yeah, and we'll dig into that a little bit more as we go on. But we know what we've got now. We know we're in the veil. 
in Somerset. We know. I actually think the, the Vale is a good name for a band. Uh, for a, um, it, for a band or a, or a. We should uh, change festival. it. We should change it to the Vale. The I still vale. can't. I still like Lit though. So we're at the Lit Festival. We're, we're on with our breakfast yeah. burritos, and who's the first act going to be? The Fugees. Whoa. I promised myself I wouldn't make that noise. What? <laughs> that's beautiful. So Fuji's is a perfect way to, yeah, that's a perfect way to wake up. And I mean, wake you up spiritually and wake you up intellectually as well as physically waking yeah. you up the Fuji's, don't exactly. they? You know what I mean? That's exactly. the, the, In all the sort yeah. of different uh, figurative and literal ways. Were, were you quite late to the party with these guys as well? Were they one of the first acts that you got into, you know, in the, in the mid-90s kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I guess I was in the mid-90s. I was a, a teenager. So I was about 15. Um, That's a powerful maybe. time for, for taking yeah. on musical influence. I just love them. It? Yeah, I just love them. I still do. I love Lauren Hill. And uh, it's definitely feeds your soul. And like you said, many ways wakes you up. It feels like a lot of your, uh, your influences, on, especially on those earlier singles, were kind of R&B influences. Is that fair to say? Yeah, definitely. That's also growing up in London, though, you know? Yeah. Like, London is so... It's just amazing for creativity. And also we had this amazing church that we went to where they would just get kids playing the drums and it was real soul and like just, it was, it was an amazing black community that we were really embraced into from a very young age. Right. And I think that's why a lot of my kind of, like that's why I try and put soul in everything that I do. So there's a sort of like a weekly yeah. a sort of gospel influence Gospel. if you will on, yeah. on your music um but do, do you carry that faith did you carry that faith with you into adulthood i love praying i love this idea that there is a um i think it's it's like a really helpful thing for humans to have this or for me at least to have this um feeling that there is a benevolent force mm. that you know that holds everything together and love is the answer and and i think prayer is part of that intention and that kind of thing. Yeah. I've definitely changed my way of understanding it, but it's definitely still a powerful thing to to believe, you know. In, in that, something you know, in bigger, in something higher. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. And that you can, you know, I, I think we haven't even tapped like what humans are capable of. Like, I think that we can do ESP, like we can, we can read each other's minds. We can, um, we can agree on something. There's something powerful that happens when lots yeah. of people are in the room together. Um, so from that perspective, yeah, yeah, there's a lot going on that we don't bloody understand. That's for certain. Yeah. There's even more going on that been, I don't understand. It makes you kind of really adjust how you think about things when, when you realize that there's the kind of Trumpy Christianity that's some, I've heard somebody called slaveholder Christianity, which it's like, like there's this, there's this amazing Catholic priest called Richard Rohr. And he talks about just like this kind of form of belief in God that allowed people to oppress other people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's no way that I would ever want to be part of that. <laughs> That's interesting you bring that up because I think that isn't especially in America it seems like mm. I mean we've got we've certainly got massive problems of our own in the United Kingdom as you know, you know, there's sort of it's, there's these this huge political schisms going on but it seems to be happening yeah. all over the world and perhaps a lot of it's to do with social media and and the way that we interact with each other now. But it does feel like it has it felt in, as being an American resident over the last four or five years that mm. has it felt more and more frightening? Have you felt alienated sometimes or, or, or worried about the, the direction it's taken? I feel it's really forced everyone to really, re, really think about what the roots are behind what we subscribe to and what we, what we believe. And um, it's definitely made me want to distance myself from 
you know, I don't mind labels, but then, it, you know, when you see some of those things, it's like, hold on a minute. Like, I think it's, there's been some really good things about, like you said, social media, like anyone's opinion can rise to the surface yeah. and be, there's a lot of room for change for sure. Well, I was going to mention that later, but I think we should mm. mention it now because like, you, you've seen quite a lot of um, negativity pointed at you over the, the, the nearly 20 years that you've been in the industry. How did you come to terms with that? That's such a good question. I think everyone is having to face that now. I mean, we're all getting such instant feedback and that can be a journalist, yeah. you know, or a radio personality like you. You're going to get instant feedback. And I think probably singers like myself have, have probably experienced it for longer. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's really difficult when your job is to entertain people and it is to make people happy. You know, it can easily slip into being people pleasing. Yeah. But I think when it when someone's too people pleasing, it's pretty obvious. When someone wants to be liked too much, it becomes a little bit repulsive in a way. Don't yeah. you think? Absolutely. Well, yeah. You can be. be... You know, so I think you just have to like what you do. Like you just have to feel confident in what you do. Right, here we go. The anticipation is immense. You look to your left. It's too late to go to the bar. You look to your right. You don't need the loo anyway. You look over your shoulder. 50,000 strong. Look at that lot. The lineups put you in prime position. One epic shot for Instagram. And while we have you captivated, poised, ready, phone out, why not quickly jump back into your podcast platform and follow us? Go on, boom, one click. Don't miss out on the next episode of my beautiful podcast. How does that sound? Thought so. Some younger person said it to me quite recently. Some, uh, some younger person said, "You be you, Sean. You you do you, you do you." That was it. <laughs> you do you do you. Uh, and I, I love uh, this that. whole thing about authenticity yeah. and stuff. I, I like it, but the thing is, is that we have we all have so many different sides to ourselves. You know, in different situations. So how do you really be authentic? I don't know. I think it's. I don't really understand it. We, yeah. we, there's a little bit too much opportunity to to express ourselves sometimes in the modern age, and it, and I think that's it. You mm. can turn yourself inside out trying to go on these various odysseys, trying to work out who you are, and, and you do that in public. Mm. Whereas you know, years ago, you would you would have just worked it out amongst your your friends and your mm. family. You know, it's a very much more exposing thing now. I think. Yeah. Also, people there's like people expect things from you, and and it's once they expect something from you, it's kind of like. Think about singers like I'm known for positive songs. That's what people expect, you know. And and I, I always, funny enough, I write twice as many negative songs because I'm actually quite pessimistic. So I actually have to get through all these negative songs. But people don't like those songs. What can I do? <laughs> I, I don't they know. Don't want I, that from I, Natasha. Just, no, but they want that from Adele. Like they want, they love the songs that are about heartbreak and nostalgia yeah. and. Um, you know, when I was young and yeah, it's, it's <laughs> so difficult, every, but that's her superpower. Like it's also about like, that's where do you is yeah applicable because some, sometimes you can just have something that resonates, you know? Yeah. It's, that's a, you, I, yeah. I don't suppose she's one of your neighbors as well as she Adele. I know she's out there now. Well, I actually, I don't live out here right now. I live, I've, I've got a place in England and, uh, but I'm just visiting. 
I've, I've never met her. I'd love to meet her. Mm, okay. Well, she's. A I, bit... I love how funny she is, like in between her songs too. Yeah. Like, she's really a comic, a comic, isn't she? Really. She is. She's almost a stand-up yeah. comedian, essentially, isn't she? Yeah. Which just happens to be one of the most colossally successful recording artists alive. It's terrifying, really. Yeah. You may have heard of the podcast Juicy Scoop. Wondered what it is? Why aren't you listening? Well, I'm its host. Created it. Been doing it for seven years. I'm Heather McDonald of Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. Now, I could tell you why you should be listening to my show, but my listeners wanted to write the ad for me, and here are some of the things they said. Not your regular Juicy podcast. Catch up on all the juicy topics from Hollywood and pop culture to true crime and beyond. Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoop always has great guests, great laughs, and great gossip. It's a comedian's take on the hottest headlines. Juicy Scoop is the pop culture news you want to hear. No BS, no filter, no filler. Raw, real, and in the moment. Throw in the hilarity of amazing comedians that you'll instantly be obsessed with, a juicy crime story, and a dash of normal life in L.A. moments, and you've got yourself an amazing week of Juicy Scoop. Two episodes every week, every Tuesday and Thursday. It will never let you down. We should move to the next stage, the next moment in this uh, fantastic lit festival. Let's have a think about who the second artist is going to be and why. So I was thinking that in this festival, Bjork and Eminem form a band. This is good. This is good. Not enough yeah. people do this. You can't, it's completely possible to, to mash people together um, mm. and make holy or unholy alliances because it's a fictional only festival. So. Björk mm. and Eminem. What? Tell me about yes. that. What, what? Because both Björk and Eminem are um, creatively experimental and disruptive. You know, so both of them are challenging what we, for example, Björk is challenging what we think music is. You know, and she's doing, I'll do a whole song just with my voice. And Eminem, he, from the, especially from the start, has been one of those artists that just kind of deconstructs what people's beliefs are and maybe says something completely offensive or you know challenging or takes on an alter ego which is really like you know expressing the worst parts of society or whatever yeah and um so i just felt like those two together could be an amazing force mm. it's nice to do that as well isn't it just to bring i mean i wonder if those two have ever i guess they might have been at the mtv awards together or something back in the sort of late yeah. 90s the early noughties but to the best of my knowledge they've not recorded together it would be a an incredible sound, wouldn't it? I love Amazing. also the fact that my yeah. eldest son, he's, he's 13, he's, he's a massive Eminem fan, you know. Oh, yeah. I've always got one eye on it, you know. So he's cringing in the corner because obviously there's a lot uh, yeah. of there's a lot of I'm blue a massive language. Eminem fan. But, you know, he's still, still, still really relevant, I think, to, yeah. to younger generations, which is unusual in a sense. Well, and he rhyme, his rhymes are just ridiculous. Like, they just, I, I listen to them, I'm like, I just don't know why that's so satisfying. It's just so hard to do rhymes yeah. like 
It's so fast. Just yeah. literally, so technically fast. so fast. Yeah. Uh, what was the first festival that you, or the first live event that you were at as a kid? You know, did, or you've mentioned the fact that you had this Christian upbringing. So did you not get yeah. to, to go to gigs and stuff when you were younger much? I'm just, a, I'm an introvert and I just spent all my time writing. Uh, so I was just in garages and studios and that, that's mostly what I do. I'm not... Um, I don't like crowds. I like to be in front of a crowd. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't like being in a crowd. Um, but um, yeah, I, I went to a few. Um, I think maybe one of the first shows I went to was like U2 or something. Ah. Um, and I remember it blowing my mind. Uh, so what? It's you- definitely an energy in a U2 show. It's probably like Wembley or something. Yeah. Yeah, I remember being like, oh no, I've got to dump my boyfriend. <laughs> I've got to quit. I've got to quit. I've got to start doing music. Like it was just like this... Like, like an epiphany, like, really. Yeah, like, what am I doing? I'm just playing safe. I'm just trying to prove that I'm a smart blonde and be a psychologist. And Yeah, because that's it. You, <laughs> yeah. were, you were studying to be a psychologist, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, and then? I was like, no, that, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Had had um, Daniel started making inroads by that point? Was he show, Was he paving the way or, you know, how did uh, that... No, no, I mean, he was just writing. Yeah, Goodness, yeah. it's an amazing leap to make from going watching Bono to thinking I'm going to fucking be Bono, essentially. I'm going to do that job. <laughs> that's, that's quite... I, know, I don't think I could be, but he's so charismatic. I mean, he's just so next level, his own thing. It, I think that he creates an energy where you can kind of receive, you can you can get downloads, you know? Well, that's it. I wasn't you know, trying to be Bono, but I was just like, oh, you know? He's... um. He's an interesting character, isn't he? He's quite divisive as well because he's people get really annoyed by Bono because I think they get they get the impression that he he can be conceited sometimes or whatever. Which I think it must be very difficult not to have moments like that when you're worth half a billion quid and you're just about the most successful well, band in the world. It must be quite hard not to be. Well, it's like, like that. Kanye West. Like you have to have some ego. You have yeah. to have some self confidence. You know, it's like. Sometimes I've had someone, you're being a diva. I'm like, that's because I am a diva. Like, you know, like you have to be, <laughs> you, you kind of have to be able to push yourself forward. Yeah, you know? yeah. You, you've got um, to, you've got to elbow your way to the front yeah. there. And what I, I must ask you about that as well. Like, as a young, as a young woman in the business, we we all know. Looking back now, with with the benefit of hindsight and looking through the Me Too movement and stuff like that, that big yeah. industries like the music industry and the movie industry are not well known for the pastoral care of the people in the industries did you come up against serious problems as a young woman in the industry or was it was it not that bad for you thank you for asking that so that's so cool I just I'm very lucky like the people who signed me I was their first artist and they were they were just great family men who like their kids my age and they're still my friends and um so I was lucky because it wasn't like that kind of thing you know I've had like the the only really me too ish kind of thing I have happen is that everybody wants to touch my butt my whole life. <laughs> is that really? Yeah, but but I don't even I, I I feel bad, but I don't register. I don't really. I just I don't, so I I don't like keep a score of it. Like I'm just, I just like kind of don't notice. But that that's the only thing. Really. So I mean, I, I you now I'm, I've got to tread so carefully here because I don't want to become part of the problem, but. I mean, is it something to do with with your it's just, posterior? It's, it's, that- yeah, it's 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 a being. It's an entity of its own right. okay. thing. And um, it wasn't always so popular to have a big butt. Like it wasn't, really, like especially when I came out, it was definitely more size 
size zero and you know you just don't like advertise it but it was one of these things that people discover and that was one of the funny things you mentioned TikTok earlier but it's one of the discoveries that people (laughs) the comments are quite funny because people like I didn't know Natasha had a um a dump truck or something like that (laughs) A dump. Is that the terminology now that we've got to get on board with? A dump. I'm writing that down. A dump truck. Fuck knows what mine is. Donkey or something. Jesus Christ. Doesn't bear thinking about mine. Yeah, but it's now become a compliment. Like in the past, it wouldn't be. You know, like it'd be like, does my butt look big in this? And you, you know. Yeah. No, it's the thing. Now it's like yes. Yes, it needs to look (laughs) a little bigger. You know, I need, I need some augmentation (laughs) here. Um, Yeah. So I like, I like that it's more in fashion to be more full figured. Yeah. I think that's great. That's true. Um, it's mind you, yeah. my muffin top's not coming to fashion yet, to be perfectly honest, <laughs> but I'm still waiting. Uh, well, that could be your book title. There muffin you go, top. muffin top. That's it. Poly, poly mouth, mu- poly mouth mu- muffin top. It's beautiful. It's almost like a John Lennon sort of lyric. Um, <laughs> and what would you say that you're more revered in, in America than over here? And if so, why is that? Why does that happen to artists sometimes? They get more understood in, in one territory than another, do you think? I don't know um, if I am, but I I do notice that Americans have a lot of respect for the British music industry and for they have they just really look up to Brit- British music, which is really lucky, isn't it, for all of us? But there's just such a great tradition yeah. of music. So there's that. Also, if you have an English accent in America, people think that you're more polite or something like yeah. like oh yes, you know. <laughs> um, it definitely harder if you're ordering food. Because it's just awkward. Like I, I feel awkward when I'm because Americans when they order food in a restaurant, they're like, "Give me that," you know. They're <laughs> like, quite, they're quite brutal. Give me hamburgers. Like for British, it's like, "Oh, I wonder if I could possibly have." Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to be in any trouble, but yeah. can I please have? Like suddenly, I turn into Hugh Grant, yeah. you know. And um, but not if it's any trouble, but a little bit of a hamburger would yeah. be quite nice, you know. I mean, I'll do the washing up myself, of course. I simply <laughs> wouldn't want to be any trouble whatsoever. Yeah, I'm, that's yeah. exactly what I'm like. Terrible. Sucker upper is what I am. Um, but that's okay. Now, so what we've we've got a, this is a, f- a fantastic morning that we've just had. We've had the Bjork and and, and Eminem together. We've had the Fugees. Yeah. And sometimes you get to that mid after the sort of early afternoon spot here that could be a bit of a lull. Yeah. We need to think a little bit about. We probably need to eat again. To be perfectly honest. So all right. So while we're eating, or maybe after we've eaten, I think we should just have like food trucks and everyone can choose mm. what they're going to eat. I quite fancied a paella for some reason. I don't know paella? why. What but... about designer hamburgers? What do they call them? Desi- <laughs> designer <laughs> hamburgers. <laughs> you can have what I'll have a, I'll have a venison burger. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, for some chutney. <laughs> <laughs> some and um, we, we did touch on it at the top actually as well, that the, the masked singer thing, that's such a weird trip, that program, isn't it? I, I don't, it really is. Where, yeah. where did it come from originally? Was it a Japanese idea or something? Oh, that I it think was it's import- Korean. Korean, right? Yeah. Because um, yeah. we've had it a bit over here, but it's it's not as big as it is in America. I don't think. Mm. What's it like doing those shows? Because it looks like some oh, kind yeah. of overly sugared, insane, bad acid trip to me. What's it like to be in it? It's crazy to sing with a big, you know, outfit on. I I, I was a Chili Pepper, so that was like it was difficult. <laughs> Um, but um, it's I have to say the music is really good on that show so that was the first thing I thought about was like is the music is it going to sound good yeah and and it's an experiment really of like what if you you couldn't see you know would you recognize your favorite artist or yeah 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 um you know 
So it's you. I know, it's kind of fun. When you're singing, it's it's your yeah. un, unalloyed voice yeah. as your singing voice. Yeah, and it feels really like I was with some people who I'm huge fans of the other day. I, w- I was at the Royal Albert Hall with Imogen Heap. Oh, wow. And some of her incredible music people. Yeah. And I was trying to explain the masked singer and I suddenly, was, I just stopped. <laughs> I was like, this is really, this is not like doing me any favors because it's just like trying to explain it to some real serious music people. But it's just, it's just about having fun really. Yeah. You know, don't you but think? It, it is For like... me, it's just about having fun. And also just getting music heard because it's, I think it's like making music more interesting in a way, yeah. <laughs> visually interesting. Well, it's it's like mega pantomimic, isn't it? It's literally like even yeah, the sort of yeah. um, even even the panels seem it, they seem to be hyper real. Like they're sort of there's playing a lot up of, to like, character. Puns. There's so many word puns. It's kind of a little bit like tabloids. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's yeah. crazy. And and so yeah. some great talent on there though. Like Seal was really good on there, oh. and he really like acted as different characters. And people thought he was Billy Porter because he kind of put on an accent like that, and you know. It was uh, it was very theatrical and it was pretty good. <laughs> it must be quite yeah. freeing for you yeah. actually as an artist to to go and perform in front of millions of people as a, as a mm, chili pepper. It's freeing pepper. when I took when I took the chili pepper hat off. It was very head off. When they took it off, then it was very freeing. <laughs> Is it true that did John Lydon do it? I think so. I think John yeah. Lydon did it. What the. F- that's completely. That's <laughs> Where are we at? Where are we at? That's your. That's your area to kind of figure that out. Yeah, I don't know. I'm com- that's, that is a completely insane thought. When, when did you realize one of your songs had become? When did you realize that you'd gone next level? That a song had become really huge? Did you? Did you hear a milkman whistling it or some other cliche like that? What, what was the moment? It was when I was going through. I was going on an airplane. I was going through the uh, X-ray. Thing and they were looking at me weird and I'm like oh no they think I've <laughs> got something in my bag like they were just looking at me so weird and I got be- my face went beetroot red because I'm I blush very easily and then um and they were like are you her is that really you you know <laughs> and I'm like oh okay <laughs> and that was the moment you were like fucking yeah. hell I'm famous yeah was it a, a nice feeling? Is it you know how on on balance would you say you get on better with being? Do you have a good relationship with fame, or does it is it very conflicting for you? I'm very lucky because my songs have become they've just so much bigger than I am, right. and so and that's something I always wanted because I'm a little bit shy. Um, so I'm lucky that way. I definitely had some times where I didn't like I was chased by the paparazzi and that, and it wasn't really my thing, you know. And I'd hear stories about how. People, like people will give you know Paris Hilton would give like a list to the paparazzi of this is where I'm going to be you know and she would change outfits throughout the day and you know you can actually make deals with the paparazzi where you tell and I was just like I don't want to do that (laughs) I don't I want to try and I want to be known I don't want to be I want to be known for the music that I make rather than what I'm kind of who I'm sleeping with or yeah you know so you, I like that idea that the songs are bigger than you. The songs are the celebrities in a sense, and uh, you know, yeah, and that's how I see it. The song is king, you know. Do you feel that as well? Because that's that, that's something that I hear a lot of songwriters say, and I, I, I guess I don't fully mm. understand it because I've, I've never written a successful song. But like, once you do present a song to the people, it becomes their song. It becomes something different. It it holds a different energy because it's written into everybody's hearts. Everybody's got a different experience with it. Some people got married to it. Some people, it reminds mm. them of loss. Is that, is that what it's like for you as a songwriter? Yeah. 
And, and you, you know, you get so much feedback and you hear so many amazing stories of how each song kind of means, you know, Pocket Full of Sunshine is like a song that a lot of people have like gone through hospital and, you know, or um, Wild Horses is a song that so many people have, it's like encouraged them to come out um, to their parents as gay or, you know, um, or to come out of a situation that was abusive or um, these words a lot of people got married to, you know, so each song yeah. kind of has its own its own kind of life it's a beautiful thing that isn't it um and then single like i was single for so many years that was my first single in, in england and i was single for like five years and i'm like <laughs> i've got to write another song so i wrote a song called soulmate because i was like i, I can't I, am, it's, I need to find my soulmate now you know fuck it's almost like what you write in a song you write in, into your life yeah, you got to be careful what you sing. You do, because it's like an affirmation, isn't it? I remember the, the band James talking yeah. about that back in the 90s and Tim mm. Booth saying that he wrote a song called Laid and and it was around that time that a lot of <laughs> sex was going on. And then so he thought, oh, I wonder if this works. So the next album they wrote, if I've got this right, was was called Millionaires. And he just thought, oh, fuck it, that. I'll just... I just see if I can write write my future in the song, you know, and it didn't quite work. But, you know, it was worth a try, wasn't it? But like Amy Winehouse, you know, wrote a song about not wanting to go to rehab yeah. and got awarded for it. Like, that's kind of hard because you get positive affirmation for something that could be actually life-threatening. Yeah, exactly. You know? This is it. Yeah. We've got to be careful what we wish for in song, that's for sure. Mm. So Bjork and Eminem, the, the last notes die away. What I had an idea is that Coldplay does an album of Beatle covers. Really? Oh, that's good. Because those songs are so good. Remember when um, there was an artist who did a Taylor Swift album? Was it Ryan Adams? Yeah, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. And that comes, that's from my belief that songs are king. So those songs are so good. Imagine an incredible band like Coldplay doing. I'd love to hear yeah. that. Chris Martin's voice is such a, uh, it's a thing of pure voice. beauty, isn't it? Yeah. And it's very yeah. odd you should mention the Beatles pure because um, I actually bought a Beatles chord book for my middle son for one of his little Christmas presents. Are you a big Beatles fan then? Are they one of the big influences on you as a songwriter? I mean, it's a great idea to buy that book for your son because that is what they say. That's the best way to learn an instrument is to just learn all the Beatles songs. So they're just so good and they were just so, so experimental, but they've really laid the foundation of modern music. And um, what about Coldplay? Have you, have you sort of interfaced with them over the years? Have your paths crossed? Yeah, I've met, I've met Chris... I mean, I just, I, I'm the same. I just think that they're amazing. I, I mean, actually, I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I have played in a band uh, with Will Champion oh, really? on drums. Yeah, I played the guitar. Oh, really? On drums. Uh, Will Champion, the drummer of Coldplay, played drums. And uh, funnily oh. enough, we, one of the songs that we played was Rehab by Amy Winehouse. Isn't it funny oh. that? Full circle, I mean, you've it? done something I haven't done. I would love to sing with Coldplay. I would love to write or sing. Leave it with me. I'll, I'll pull a few strings. I'll see what I can Set do. I'll me send up. You, yeah, I'll send you an email. Hook a sister up. Leave it with me. But yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I don't know if you've watched the Get Back eight-hour marathon documentary that Peter Jackson's done yet about the the last the making of the last Beatles album. Have you have you seen that yet? It's a very brilliant no. piece of work. You've got, but you've you've got to dedicate eight hours to it. That's the problem. You have to watch. It. You have to watch it over three or four days. <laughs> Unless you've got literally fuck all else to do. Okay. <laughs> but um, but you you just turned forty as well. Let's yeah. You know, when I, I I had a good old don't remind me. Well, I thought I should go there because you know I, I think it's important to embrace these things, isn't it? I'm, I'm knocking on the door of fifty. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm wow. literally 
five, six months away from 50, you know what I mean? And um, I'm relatively terrified about that. It is amazing I'm still here. You're absolutely right. But, um, I mean, I think I had a good old-fashioned midlife restructure, you know. But do, does pop stardom accelerate the maturing process of the human, do you think? Do you, do you live... Because you live more experiences and you do you no. learn more? I think it, it freezes people. I think I think any kind of success freezes people mm. in the age that they were when they first succeeded. That's my theory. So if someone was a child star, then they always are, you know, I think everyone stays exactly the age they were when they first got famous. I think fame is like one of those things that's kind of, I've heard Russell Brandt talking about fame and he's just so, he's so on it. He just knows it's like, it's almost like an addiction in itself. It's it's amazing. It's incredible, but and it's um it's devastating as well. Yeah, and it just I think it does that. It infantilizes you and it, it freezes you at that particular. Do you, do you, do you yeah. not think that's happened to you though? Do you? It doesn't seem like that's happened to you. Yeah, because I was lucky. I didn't. I wasn't a kid. <laughs> I was already yeah. like twenty twenty two yeah. or something. I guess. I guess. But I'm still twenty two. I am. Oh. I'm just you know. That's yeah. I mean, and because I'm not yet famous, you know. I mean, maybe if I I could be like Morgan Freeman, I could be in my sixties and become like an international film star, and then you know. Do you have a good Morgan Freeman voice? I'm sure you do. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's got the amazing. Oh yeah. The narrating voice. That's right. Andy Dufresne. You leave. Yeah. Okay. I've got. I I guess we've got to work on that. To be honest, I don't think that's coming up anytime soon. How you doing out there? Are you ready for the next act of the day? People, make some noise! Okay, so that's beautiful. I think, so, so I think Dolly Parton is next. Like, I think... Oh. I just, I saw her singing in England. I know that people are huge fans of her all over the world. And um, she's just one of the most incredible songwriters. And it was, but it was a real surprise because I didn't know that country music was so big in England. Um, but I think it is because it's not just because it's country music. I think it's because she, um, she's an incredible songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. And personality as well. I don't know if you got to see her because she played Glastonbury, of course, about 2014, 2015. And that was, I, I, we, we were there and it was, that's the biggest crowd I've ever been in. I mean, I've been to quite a lot of Glastonbury's, but it seemed as though everybody in Glastonbury was there. Like, you know, it wasn't like a third of the audience. It was like nearly everybody. She's, she's really, and it's amazing when you find these people who are so loved. I mean, she's just so loved. And she's got Dollywood, hasn't yeah. she? She's got all that yeah. going on. And she, yeah, so and this was, would make my festival very popular if we could have Dolly. Like then we would really be on the map. Wouldn't we just with the Lit yeah. Festival? Uh, yeah. What the Lit Festival's got Dolly Parton? Never mind Coldplay playing yeah. Beatles songs. Fuck like yeah. that! You got Dolly Parton. Would she? Would you? Would you do a duet with her? Maybe? Would you consider singing oh, with yeah. her? Oh yeah! Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. And I put myself in the mix. You got to put yourself in the mix, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. What would you think? What would <laughs> he you says s- with a pen in his mouth. What would you sing with Dolly <laughs> Parton? I'm trying, trying to sound Ooh. like a Svengali sh- here. Like I got a fucking <laughs> cigar in my mouth, you know? You got to sing a song with this woman. What are you going to sing like with Robert her? You're like Robert De Niro. That's right. You got to fucking sing a song with her. Um, <laughs> That's a great impression. If people can see you on the That's a shame. I, I, I don't sound like him. Exactly but I, like I him. I fucking look like him. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you do. Um, but, 
But what would it be? What would you sing? Would you sing one Let's of your songs? Let's have Robert songs? De Niro as well. <laughs> oh, Robert comes on. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, Robert comes on. You're, you're talking to me. You're talking to me. You will say, <laughs> yes, Dolly, yes. Um, that yes. would be it. What an insane. Instead of Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers, Dolly Parton and Robert De Niro Robert singing De Niro, Islands in the Stream. On. Islands in the Stream. Okay, yes. I'm writing, I'm writing that down. Islands in the Stream. I actually genuinely would like to see that. Have you, when you were out in America? I think if Snoop Dogg came out, then our minds would just blow. Is that what the hell? We'd be blown, I mean. We're already lit. Our minds would be explode. We've lit the touch paper and now we're going to fucking blow. Snoop Dogg, bring in Snoop Dogg. Can we have a three? Can we have a threesome? I mean, can we have, is it only duets or can we have like anything? a super band? A super band. God, imagine this. Snoop Dogg comes on from the mm. left side of stage, just yeah. just to just to lay a few, just to spit a few rhymes in the middle eight yeah. of Islands in the Stream, sung by Robert De Niro and Dolly Parton. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Fucking yeah. hell! That's the wildest ride I've I've been on thus far uh, on on the lineup. To be honest, that's incredible. Well, the most unlikely one. Well, yeah. Again, though, Snoop was it, it was such a pioneer as well back in the in the the, the early nineties, wasn't he? When he came out and all that West yeah. Coast East Coast business as it unfolded was was that kind of stuff something that you were into then? A bit getting into a bit of gangster rap and stuff. I mean, I just I think Snoop is just someone I always loved to follow, even before you were that we were following people in that same way. Yeah, but he's such a good. What's the word? Like his his taste. He's just got such good taste. You know, I love that. Um, what you did a yeah. song with TLC a couple of years ago called "Way Back." Way back, it was so good. So I might say, because I'm helping you create this festival, uh, if Snoop can just stay back at the end of Dolly's set and sing "Way Back" with yeah. TLC. So yeah. I'm, I'm, if you don't yeah. mind, I'm just going to put that bit in. Just I think you should nestle underneath the, the very last, the, yeah. the the actual headliner. Who have you? What about who, this? Because I I just had in my mind. I was thinking about cranberries. Oh, because I just that was one of my favorite. That was all of my our siblings, my brother and I, and my sister. It was our favorite band. What about if they sang "Zombie" with Snoop? Fucking hell! Right. So what's happening is is that Dolly Dolly does her set. Robert De Niro yeah. comes on, and now I'd like to <laughs> I'd like to introduce a friend of mine, Robert De Niro. <laughs> Thank you very much. We're gonna <laughs> sing "Islands in the Stream," you fuckers. And then he sings that with her. And then on comes Snoop to spit some bars. They go off. Snoop sings Zombie with the Cranberries. Way back. Uh, he sings yeah. Way Back. Then he sings the Cranberries yeah. Zombie. And then do the Cranberries do a full set to finish? Is that what we're saying? Yes. Great. Okay. Yes. There's no need to argue. We finish on that. <sighs> I mean, I love that about first. world unity. That first album in particular, obviously. Yeah. And, and I'm being very We put very a couch obvious, on but... stage, right? We, we put a couch yeah. on stage. Like the first the photo from the oh, first Oh, yeah. Time. I just thought you'd be yeah. random. Just, and then yeah. it talks into a talk show, right? And then you have like, I don't know, it turns into carpool karaoke. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Oprah comes on at the end. Oprah, and, all um, right. Uh, and then and she, what she Harry does is, and Megan. she, inter- yeah, she, she interviews everybody. She interviews, uh, you know, yeah. Lauren oh, Hill. She interviews Björk yeah. and Eminem. They have to stick around for an interview. That's, that's, that's actually a really yeah. strong idea. Is that a little bit of. Or you, you could interview them. Oh, that's not as good an idea. But I, I, I think that if, if we can't afford Oprah, if she's not free, then I'll do it. But otherwise, I think okay. we should get her. And, and that's a bit of your. 
bit of your psychology um, training coming through there, I think, Natasha. I think that, that, that that's the what couch. that is. The couch. <laughs> that, that represents your other path. Uh, you see? I'm just going to say, I feel so sorry for the listeners that they didn't see your Robert De Niro impression because that was on this uh-huh. screen that I'm seeing you on Zoom. It was amazing. Like It's actually like I've just met Robert De Niro. So. The, the, thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> there was a time when I used to do on the radio and obviously it, didn't, it deliberately didn't work on the radio. It was James Gandolfini in conversation with Robert De Niro and it was basically like... <sighs> Oh. <laughs> can you I do that, that I'm going to take a picture of you do it can you do it <laughs> I'm going to take a picture of the screen <laughs> no, that's, yeah there you go attack to me it's really good I, think um, I know James Corden he can do the interviews right okay so that's he's, great he's, he's, he's our very own isn't he and do you have, have you met him do you, do you know him he's lovely yeah I love he him he seems like a good lad doesn't he and yeah. he, he's uh, yeah He's 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 just he's, he's nailed it. Whatever it is, he's nailed it, he, hasn't he? He's just a very talented gentleman. Yeah. Well, there you go. We've got it all. I just wanted to quickly mention the fact that you've we were talking about songwriting earlier. We were talking about how you prefer the song to be the star and the celebrity. Um, but you've worked with Linda Perry, haven't you? Yeah. Now she's yeah. one of the great songwriters of all time, isn't she? She's incredible. Yeah. What I love about working with her is I let her gave her the free reign and it gave me like a new uh, like a, a different kind of take on things and that's what's really fun about collaborating with people it gives you permission to explore a different area and she's a strong person mm. and I just love learning learning from her and every single person I work with I mean I've worked with so many incredible songwriters and I've just learned off them yeah. you know yeah, yeah. It's, it's just it's school every day yeah. is a school day isn't it when you're working school with these day. people yeah and you just talk you just talk about stuff you just talk about um you know scenario like oh man i'm for example i'm so glad that i've, I've never done had to do like dating apps because <laughs> i've been married for 15 years or whatever so like you just go man what would that be like and and then and then you go let's write a song about but I don't know. I'd love to hear the uh, uh, Natasha Benningfield Tinder anthem if, if, if and when it comes Tinder out. Tinder <laughs> I, I, I definitely want to hear this. So please get that Tinder get that anthem. out there as soon as possible. Um, you, if you get that out there, I'll get the book out. You know, the, what, we, what are we going to call it? Polymouth. It's a brilliant Polymouth. idea. And that is going to be the name of the book. And thank you very much. What, for, what is your book about? It's about, well, it's about everything and nothing. It's essentially about shit that has happened to me over the course of the last 20 years. But most of it's minutiae and extremely boring. But because I'm such a genius, I make it in some way amusing. And uh, never let it be said that I've, I lack in confidence. Um, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure and a privilege, Natasha. Thank you for doing uh, the lineup for us today. The Lit Festival is going off like a frog in a sock. Uh, in the Vale, we've started with the few Fugees. We've got Björk and Eminem, Coldplay doing the Beatles. We've got Dolly Parton, Robert De Niro, and Snoop Dogg in the TLC and the Cranberries. I mean, come wh- on, what an unbelievable lineup! That's phenomenal. I would be there. I would be there. Thank you very much. Um, when are we? Thank you. When are we going to be hearing the, the the newest of your music, and when's it going to be uh, unleashed? No idea, but um, <laughs> you know, like I. I'm superstitious. Like, I, and I, I, somebody told me not to talk too much. When you talk too much about stuff, that when it's in, in when it's in embryo stage, like you can pick up on people's facial expressions and it can kind of change it. So, like, I just I, I'm very like guarded about guarded that about stuff. it. Yeah. So we'll, yeah. We, we, we will we will wait and see. And uh, yeah, I'm very much look but forward I, to you it. know, thank you so much. I love I love meeting you and 
yeah. coming up with a fantasy together. Well, listen, thank you very much indeed for doing it, doing the lineup today for us, Natasha Beddingfield. Thank you. That was brilliant. What a lineup. Thank you.